What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we got a new week ahead of us. Happy Monday to everybody. We have some updates. Let's jump into it. So first order of business is that the Baltimore Orioles are signing Michael Franco. They're going to soon have a new third baseman. They were finalizing a deal with Michael Franco yesterday, and he's going to be a third baseman. This was reported by MLB Network's John Heyman. He did have multiple suitors, meaning Franco, and he was choosing the O's over the Mets and the Braves. The financial terms of this deal are not immediately clear, but he's going to be heading to Baltimore. Michael Franco was once a big-time prospect with the Phillies. I mean, he's been around for some time now, but he didn't really become a big-time MLB player, but he did develop into a quality but inconsistent player. I mean, he had flashes here and there. I mean, in Philadelphia, he hit 249 with 102 homers and a 733 OPS over parts of six seasons. Then he caught on with the Royals after the Phillies non-tendered him after the 2019 season. And last year with the Royals, Royals, he played all 60 games with Kansas City, hitting 278 with eight homers and a 778 OPS. Good numbers, good numbers. But then the Royals non-tendered him rather than pay him the raise that he was that he had earned for 2021 based on you know his previous salary. So all told, Franco's 28, right in his prime. He's a career 252 hitter with a 304 on base 433 slugging and 110 homers and 94 OPS plus over parts of seven big league seasons. He's historically been rated a below average defender at third base. So he has Accumulated actually negative 19 outs above average since 2016. But at the end of the day, the O's need a primary third baseman. That's what Michael Franco is going to be. He's going to push Rio Ruiz out or at least form a platoon between the two. I mean, honestly, I think they're going to sign him to be the primary third baseman. But for what it's worth, Franco does have more or less even splits for his career between you know lefties and righties while Rio Ruiz has more reverse splits but that's a much smaller sample so you could also see Franco get some time at DH actually you could see that for sure um I mean Trey Mancini is back and you would also expect to see Trey Mancini DH some more games as he's in his first season back after battling colon cancer but yeah that's what's going on in Baltimore Michael Franco's heading over there in other news, I don't know if any of you saw it, but there was a 22 at bat, no, 22 pitch at bat yesterday between Jordan Hicks and Luis Guillorme. It was 12 minutes long. This was Jordan Hicks' first batter face in two years, and he he had a challenge right off the bat. It was Luis Guillorme. I mean, it was an early 0-2 count, and oh, you're like, okay, Jordan Hicks picking up right where he left off. Actually, he looked really good. If you look at the pitch chart, he was pounding the zone that entire AB. It was just that Luis Guillaume kept fouling everything off. And this at-bat took 12 minutes, 22 pitches. I've, I've never, I mean, I've seen a lot of long ABs. I don't know. Uh, 22 pitches, 12 minutes. That's a long one. That's got to be up there with what I've seen, the longest one I've seen. I mean, the 22nd pitch was an 89.4 mile an hour slider taken low. And then uh, Luis Guillaume walked. That's that's one of the hardest earned walks in recent memory. But, I mean, that's that's just a good at-bat. But 
Jordan Hicks looked really good. So he was actually removed from the game once Guillaume reached first base so he only faced one batter. The plan was for one inning in his first outing since getting Tommy John surgery in June 2019 and then opting out of 2020. And he looked good. I mean, he was hitting 101 with his fastball, which is just how he was pitching before he got hurt. I mean, six pitches over 100 miles an hour. So Jordan Hicks looked looked really good for the for the one batter he faced. But at, at the end of the day, 22 pitches is 22 pitches. That's as many pitches he would probably throw in an inning anyway. Even more pitches than he'd throw in an inning. So kind of interesting. But hats off to Luis Guillaume. If you guys didn't get to see that AB, that's pretty – it's a good one. It's a good one. Good little video to watch. The Dodgers have announced that Clayton Kershaw will start on opening day. This is his ninth opening day start, or this will be his ninth opening day start. He was scheduled to start opening day last season, but a back injury before the game forced the Dodgers to start Dustin May. So obviously Kershaw is a future Hall of Famer, and his ninth opening day start, that's going to make that's going to be the most in franchise history. And honestly, I think this is them doing this more for the record books than as a strategy. It's not like he's their best starter. Um, that would be Walker Bueller. But when, you, when you've when you earned all the accolades that Kershaw has and your future Hall of Famer, you let him get that record, which is ninth opening day start, Dodgers franchise record. I mean, the decision was going to be between Kershaw, Bueller, and Bauer. But, you know, obviously they're playing the Rockies. Kershaw has great career numbers against the Rockies. He has great career numbers against everyone um but mind you they're playing at Coors Field where he is not so great well pitchers generally aren't so great at Coors Field but they're still going to give it to him it's just one game it is what it is so those are the updates I have folks that's all I have for this wonderful Monday hope you guys have a good start to the week that's going to do it if you enjoyed this please share it with someone who you think would be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection